That was a, that was funny enough. A thing that girls in high school would like be jealous of. They'd be like, "Ben, you have such f- no." They'd be like, "Ben, you have such fair skin." And I'm like, "What are you guys talking about? I don't do shit with fair that. skin." Yeah, that's what they, they were, would say. It was my hair and my hair and my skin. It sounded like I was about to be like abducted in a cult and like <laughs> skinned or something and skin and scalped. <laughs> Season three, episodes twenty and twenty one. Are we on twenty one and twenty two? We're on uh, nineteen and twenty. 11 good start uh hello everybody and welcome to tea time with titans an attack on titan rewatch podcast where we also drink tea and sometimes a mysterious black liquid which is what i am drinking today my name hello. is Solomon harris hi brian <laughs> hello hey man how's it going good conversation <laughs> I'm the big schnoz titan. I am watching the anime for the third time. This time I'm watching the dub, but I've also seen the sub. And yeah, drinking coffee and I'm just happy to be here. Hello, I am Ben. I'm the beard tits and ass titan. I'm the sub dub and manga consumer. Um, and today I'm drinking Christmas morning black tea. Um, my name is Brian. I'm the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog titan. And uh, this is my first time watching the show, and I'm watching the sub because I'm a I'm a beta cuck, um, <laughs> and I don't drink tea at all. Wait, I thought you were watching the dub. Dub. I get them confused. So yeah, you're a beta. You cuck. know what? Shut the f- shut up. Okay, I don't need this. Okay, I'm sorry. Shut I just up. didn't want to lie to the people, Brian. I'm not lying. I'm just I Brian, was I was misinformed. This week we watched Basement, and we watched that day, and. How are you doing? These are two big fucking episodes. <laughs> He's praying, it looks like. I have things. You have things? I have things. What kinds of things? I, like things that I that I wanted to talk about. Well, great, because we're on a podcast. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> this is news to Brian. <laughs> you thought this was just for fun? Brian, don't you know that white males in their 20s can't have conversations with each other just for fun? They have to record it to put out on the internet as a podcast. I didn't I didn't know that. I've never had a conversation with a friend without it being recorded. Well, okay, let's start here, Brian. I wanted to ask, do you like the intro to season three more now? Because I feel like once you've seen the whole season, or at least up to where we are, um, it kind of hits a bit harder. Have we talked about yet the fact that both the opening and the closing of season three, part two are shortened in the dub? Oh, are they? Yeah. In episode twenty, notice. there wasn't there wasn't even an opening. Yeah, they actually skipped the opening. opening. Yeah, they skipped it, which I thought I thought I heard Sully say that they. Oh yeah, I was, was wrong. The other episode, yeah, because you said like they don't do it again, but they did it two episodes later. Yeah, I completely fucking forgot that they did it in that day. So that was my bad. Yeah, I said that Midnight Sun was the only episode where they did that. You lied. They might also do it again in the next coming episode. Wait, what do you mean shortened though? Just, 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 just like there's a huge part of them cut out. At least on the version I'm watching, 
they might not be on the Hulu, but like I'm watching on like the dub version of Pirate. Yeah, I don't I don't think they are on Hulu. Okay. As far as I know. Because there isn't like, there's no weird jump in the music or anything. Because, I don't know, when I was watching them on the dub, it was like a minute shorter on both the opening and the closing. Weird. Yeah, I think I think it's full on the Hulu dub. Okay, um, that's the first time we've seen that then. That's surprising. The first time we've seen what? That you guys do actually indeed have the full opening and closing. Whereas usually oh. in the past when I see it shortened, you guys see it shortened too. Yeah, because there was like in season two or whatever it was. Mm-hmm cut off in the stupidest fucking way possible because that oh yeah i remember that. <laughs> also here's another question brian did you actually have this scene after the credits in 56 or whatever episode it was for 19 yeah i watched it okay because for yeah. me it was not there and i was just a, <laughs> i for a second i thought the dub just cut it out wait what, what fucking version are you watching you're like yeah i went to my local anime dealer on like <laughs> in, uh, in the alleyway between the fucking like mcdonald's and dungan donuts and the version he gave me had the intro cut and didn't have the after the credits i'm i'm so i'm watching a version that was like originally aired on adult swim so i guess it went from toonami to adult swim at some Weird. point and um, they cut the fucking after the credits. This show airs on Adult Swim. Yeah, it did in America. Sh- it does show, now. This show airs on Adult Swim. A lot of anime did at some point. I think that's where I was introduced to Bleach all those years ago. Yeah, and the dub still is now, right? Yeah, I Airing think so. On. And I think the sub too, if I'm not mistaken. But here's some fun, a fun little tidbit of trivia. When I first watched the series, I didn't know there was an after the credits, and I did not watch it, and I was very <laughs> confused. <laughs> Going into that day, <laughs> I was like, huh, all right, they really just throw you into it, huh? Yeah, which is kind of, I don't know how I feel about that, because literally, like, so many people could miss that after credit scene and then be completely confused the next episode. It's not like a Marvel movie where it's, like, established that there's probably going to be yeah. an after the credits that you should probably stay to watch, so that's why I missed it's it It's like, the sometimes time. they do it and sometimes they don't. Yeah, But, okay, back to the intro like this intro is kind of just like these like you don't know it when you first watch it because you haven't seen the season yet but it's kind of just like these cool i don't know they remind me of like paintings that would be made of like epic historical battles right like we're seeing the scenes that we've seen from season three but in these like cool new angles that we didn't get to see in the show like we see the colossal titan from the ground like scooping up buildings and we see like levi from a cool angle like unsheathing his sword we see erwin like running forward with his uh, gun charging the beast titan but it's from a cool new angle like i feel like i have a lot more of appreciation for it after having watched this season i was just wondering if you took anything more from it i could definitely see where you're coming from with the um the whole paintings of war aspect yeah right it's just like these cool artsy things yeah honestly this whole show is a fucking painting and it's funny because yeah. it went th- i think the first episode we talked about season three part two i brought up the fact that since when I first saw this opening, I already knew it was going to happen. I'm like, wait, didn't they just spoil like the whole season? And I'm like, oh, I surprised when people like on their first time viewing don't really pick up like, hey, I just watched like everything that's going to happen, happen in the yeah. opening. But again, I think it's just because it's like done from weird angles too. like, I don't know. It's just like very artsy. It doesn't feel like it's going to be literal. All right, moving on. Armin's still jacked. <laughs> Hell yeah. And he's having weird art school visions of Bertholdt. <laughs> like, this looks like something... Armin's dream of Bertholdt looks like something I would have seen at the art school I went to, like, on a projector at the end of year screenings. <laughs> like, it's just, like, colossal titan Bertholdt in his, like, weird 
like fleshy head thing what, and he's some, like crying <laughs> some 18 year old standing next to it being like this represents my inner me yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait so is it canon that uh titans can cry now in his dreams I, they can yeah in your dreams anything's possible brian i'm gonna say that titans can cry i don't I'm say that now <laughs> I, I think that they can i don't know they don't have reproductive organs that doesn't um, mean they can't cry it doesn't mean they can't cry. You're right. In, in fact, that means they're more likely to cry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like Aaron and Armin's reunion. I think it's very sweet. Yeah. I think the voice acting from the Aaron voice actor is really nice. And the animation of like their hug is very gentle. And I like Brotherly it. love brotherly love it's a very touching moment yeah i wrote in my notes like three times why is armin so jacked because this dude just straight up has a six pack it's because he turned into a titan and anybody who turns into a titan is automatically ripped i feel like we see him once before though and he's with his shirt well we've had this conversation before it's the like jack one they're malnourished two you have to be rip as hell to like operate on odm gear so gotta have that core strength um i like the hard cut they do where Levi's like, ah, you don't remember anything? Let me get you up to speed. And they shoot off the flare and it's just like a little montage of everyone seeing the flare and then it cuts back and Armin just looks traumatized. <laughs> well, more like Levi's like, yo, let me get you up to speed. Aaron, do it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, there's like a couple moments like that where he's like, I thought, I like the part where he's like, I thought I told you to tell him the whole story. Yeah, and he, he kicks, kicks Aaron. Aaron. But yeah, I we get... I don't know. This is kind of a recap of what's happened a little bit because Armin runs back through everything, but he says some things that maybe aren't super explicitly clear. Like there's only nine Survey Corps members left. Yeah, I love. I really like that line. And like, not even just saying nine. Like they're all on screen. Like you can see them. You yeah. can count them. Everyone you're seeing in that frame is all that is left of the Survey Corps. And it, we, because we kind of got the assumption that they were the only ones left in the last couple episodes but they have the line here of we've been looking for survivors for the past couple hours and yep that's it baby <laughs> something <laughs> that I is could be something i wrote down is way in the background like everyone's grouped together and then way in the background you just see flock with like a telescope just yeah. like looking around and he looks really dopey and i just thought it looked goofy <laughs> it's like a proper fucking like pirate sea shanty ass telescope too yeah <laughs> Another thing that they say is, yeah, hey, we fucking sealed Shiganshina, which is cool because that's kind of like, you know, the goal of this season. Um, so the fact that that's done feels good, man. It's a it's a major accomplishment. Hanji tells Armin, you should have died, bitch. She does. <laughs> yeah. But I like this about she, Hanji. She's, 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 real, like, she's straightforward and honest. Like, yeah, if I had done it, I would have revived Erwin, but we have to live with this. And she even yeah. like is inspired. Like encouraging to Armin when she's like, "Hey, honestly, we're in the same boat. I'm in charge of the Survey Corps now. You have Erwin's Ar- life on your shoulders. Like we're in this together." Right. I love like the no pressure or anything, <laughs> but you got Erwin's life and a Titan power on your shoulder. So, uh, <laughs> good luck. Surprisingly, Levi is also like pretty encouraging here too. He's like, "Don't let anyone regret it. Don't make me regret it, or these guys, or especially not you." And he's like, let that be your goal from now on, right? Which is such good fucking advice. I feel like anyone could take away, right? It's like, don't 
think about the giant fucking massive hurdles we have to follow, just worry about not disappointing anyone. Like that kind of makes shit more manageable, especially in a situation like this where it's like so fucking overwhelming what's going on. Why are we still here? Just to suffer. And and I've brought it up before. A lot of big Levi moments revolve around this, but Levi's backstory OVA is called No Regrets. Um, and if we ever get there, it'll be obvious why it's called that. But it's kind of like a central theme of Levi's character. I had a thought because we're about to be done with season three. Maybe this would be a good time to dip into the OVAs between season three and season four. Because I want to. I still have not seen the OVAs like at all. I know nothing about them. OVA. They're like little bonus episodes, right? Bonus yep. episodes. Original video animation, I want to say it stands for. Yeah, they're just like these cool little vignettes that they made, and I really want to watch Damn, them. this is a show that keeps on giving. <laughs> Don't burp. What else? Oh, also, Levi, like he seems more confident in his decision at this point, mm-hmm. which is why he's able to be helpful. I like that they're like, yeah, so we saved the world, but we're still going to have to punish you for your insubordination. <laughs> And everyone's like, yeah, you're going to have to punish us. <laughs> I mean, Mikasa did almost kill Levi, so. That's true. That is true. And then, of course, this entire scene is, what the hell am I looking at? It's the cover of volume 21. They look at book. Oh. Look at book. <laughs> That's what you see when you're about to die. <laughs> but, of course, this scene ends and, like, the tension is broken with... <laughs> Sasha, who's like half dead on the ground, just being like, shut the fuck up. I wrote in my notes, I was just like classic Sasha. Yeah, everyone in the scene goes, ah, that's so Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this episode's low key. It's low key as fuck. Um, it's not, and it's not like the stressful kind of low key as that Midnight Sun is. Though I love how this episode is called The Basement. And they really tickle your balls the entire episode for that. They ham it up, yeah. I love this shot because they're like, all right, let's go to the fucking basement. And I love this shot of them jumping off the wall. And I feel like this show is really good about this. Like the the ODM gear and how they use it could get boring really quickly. But they're always finding like interesting ways to shoot things like them taking off and them landing. And like I like this shot of it's just their feet as they jump off the walls and then they go into this like cool little free fall. Yeah, I was going to bring up, and this makes sense, that in the anime they actually like hang around on this walk to their home a lot longer than they do in the manga. They do a lot of very interesting visuals as they like just slowly make their way to Aaron's home. Yeah, I love how drawn out this is. Uh, Brian, did you like this part? Them walking back through Shiganshida and having these like flashbacks and stuff. I dug the like transition that they would do where, or I think they only used it like once at like the beginning portion of it where like little kid Aaron and uh, Mikasa would like run out of them. Yeah. And they would be like, like hologram ghost type things. And then everything would transition around them. I thought that was yeah. really unique and clever. I also really like in like the flashbacks how it's mostly just them like remembering scenes of like living in town and like seeing shopkeepers and Hannes and all of this until they get close to Aaron's house and all of a sudden it's like the flashback to the first episode. Yeah. And I feel like this is a hard thing to convey, especially in animation, right? Like these the internal thoughts of these characters as they're like, this is a big fucking deal for them. They're back in their hometown for the first time in, like, a, it's only been, a, like, what, a year? Five years? And a half. 
Oh, five year, right. Five years. Which isn't that long, like all things considered, like in the grand scheme of life. But they're, it's like they're fifteen years old. Like that's a right. pretty that's a third of yeah. their life. Right. When you're young, it's like a bigger thing. And yeah, just the way these flashbacks are done, I I feel like they could have flubbed this easily. And everything they did was just like the perfect choice in like conveying the complex thought process of I'm returning to the place where I live and that's like a happy thing. Like you said, they're seeing these like dull moments from everyday life as they're walking through town and then this is also the place where my mother fucking died right and everybody died and like we get that as they get closer and they really put like these emphasis on these moments like them turning the corner to like onto their street Mm -hmm. like i love that moment where you get like the flashback of aaron running around that corner and then like mikasa and aaron kind of hesitate before they turn it in the present day like, all this stuff is just so fucking good. All culminating to them walking up to the house and seeing Carla's shoe just sitting there on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I wrote booty. <laughs> just a little booty. <laughs> booty? But doesn't this have Chernobyl vibes? It does. Because there's so much like, it's like this is, like everything is left in the place where it was, right? Like nothing has been moved because no one is Seriously. sitting here. It's like literally just like everybody because everybody up and left. Yeah. They didn't bother to like grab anything. And, and it's just it's been like five years and everything's just like degraded to hell. Mm-hmm. I seriously did get Chernobyl vibes from it. Degraded in certain ways. And then there's also the aspect of like life retaking the the town. Right. Like yeah. there's all the moss growing and all the vegetation. And like the one shot that really fucking gets me is the one of like the box and chairs where Hannes and his crew would sit and like drink and mm-hmm. hang out at that square. And we had that flashback scene earlier. Was it in this season or was it in the last season? The like fun little flashback of them rumbling. Oh, that was season square. two. And this is that same place. Yeah. And so that one hits hard. And like the chairs are literally left like where Hannes and his friends like stood up and must have like jumped into action from there. So I just love this shit so fucking much. It's so good. And like this shot of they like come to the house, right? And then it cuts to present day seeing it. And like the boulder that's on the top of the house is now covered in moss. There's this beautiful shot of like the doves flying off of it. I like the little shot of Mikasa and Aaron like picking up the dishes. Yeah, yeah, just silently like collecting stuff. The use of silence in this episode is like it's really well done. Just like bringing in that atmosphere of just oh, I know just ambient noise it was it was I liked it a lot and this is what I meant by this shit is like hard to convey in animation like I've been watching I don't know if you guys have started watching this but Invincible the new superhero show on Amazon Prime it's like based off a comic book and I hate the animation in that show because it's so fucking stiff and lifeless. Like when characters talk to each other or like have a silent moment, like their bodies are completely rigid. Their bodies don't move at all. Their heads don't move at all. It's, it's got just like, like, like family guy fucking vibes to it. Right. Yeah. Their yeah. mouths just do like the yapping and every once in a while their eyes will like change position to show, oh, now I'm happy that it changes to sad eye position, that it changes to excited eye position. And like what 
what this show is doing so masterfully is these fucking silent moments where like these characters are giving these full body performances and have like these looks on their faces that they're shooting back and forth forth to each other like Aaron and Mikasa while they're picking up the dishes and it's like they're able to convey so much just through the animation and it's like I feel like at this point we might take that stuff a little bit for granted in this show because it's so like standard for them to nail this shit at every fucking point and like watching this show invincible has showed me oh that isn't just something that we get in every animated show like this is pretty special to this show it makes me wonder if like when they're animating specific moments like this if they use like reference if they literally like take reference of actual people and then like animate to that well i think a lot of it and like this is kind of going off track from the episode but i think it's fun to talk about production stuff but a lot of it is like in japan with anime being so popular it's like becoming a 2d hand-drawn like anime artist that's like an actual job right like that's like a career that is probably respected a bit more than it is here where like very uh, it's a very underpaid career but it's definitely a career yeah it's still underpaid but it's more like acceptable right whereas and it's more like in the art space over there it's like 2d hasn't completely been chucked to the wayside right whereas here in america it's like 2d is a rarity if you're not learning CG animation in college, it's like you're not going to get a fucking job when you get out of college. Which is why I feel like that like there's that difference between anime and like American animated shows. And even like American animated shows that get like their animation done in different countries look so much better than animation that's done here. Like there is just that yeah. cultural difference in of like 2D animation has kind of just like stopped progressing at a certain point here in America. And over there it's like they learn this shit. They learn those fundamentals of this is how you draw a character to like convey emotion. You yeah, know? yeah. There's definitely more of an attitude here that like it's cartoon drawing and it's for children, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, not that those like ideas don't exist in Japan, but you're right. Like anime tends to be like anime will be like the top stream show in Japan. Like just this past fall, ReZero was the number one show streamed in Japan mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, So it's definitely more normal. And then they also just like, they're not using things like flash animation as much over there, right? Like over here, it's like, if you want to do 2D art, you're relegated to the shitty flash animated TV shows. If you want to play in the big leagues, you got to do CGI. But over there, it's like, yeah, we can can open up the whole can of worms of how horrifically underpaid like anime (laughs) artists are. But it's like, that is sort of like held up on a higher pedestal, a much higher pedestal than it is here. Yeah. Good fucking animation in this show, dude. But yeah, to your point of do they use reference? Like, I feel like they probably don't have to. Like, I feel like they're probably just they might be like they learned this this shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd lost my point. Oh, okay. Key doesn't fit. I wrote classic. (laughs) I love classic. I love this like panic moment of Aaron. Captain, the key doesn't work. Honestly, He's I was really panicking along with face. him because the amount of fucking yeah, buildup that, that, that they had, you. and then his key doesn't fit, and I was just like, no, no, no! Oh my god. What if it was just a big fucking prank from Grisha? <laughs> it's just some key he found lying on the ground <laughs> one day, and he's like, I'm gonna ruin this child's life. It's fucking, it's fucking Kung Fu Panda. The secret of the Titans yeah. was in you all along. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, they open it up, and Brian, you're theory and i wanted to mention this before but i didn't want to spoil it of it just being like a standard plain walled basement is kind of correct that 
It's just like a I basement. Was, <laughs> I was so fucking worried about that because what? Okay, what is the general consensus from like Attack on Titan fans about this basement reveal? Okay, I actually want to know the same thing. If you have any insight on this, Ben. This, I mean, it's a pretty like fundamental point of the series like people's minds are rather blown i know i am um i guess i could talk a bit because i think the consensus is everyone expects that there's life beyond the walls right but what you picture is maybe pockets of life other places where there's walled cities other someone surviving like a tribe up in the mountains something i think that's what everyone's picturing in their mind yeah like this tribal kind of like forest dwellers is kind of what i was thinking. you're not thinking yeah. Holy shit, this is not the norm. This is the exception. Everywhere else in the yeah, world yeah, is yeah. fucking fine. That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> like, I have not thought of it that way, but yeah. Because, yeah, like, everything we're shown is from the characters' perspectives, and to the characters, this is all they know. So, like, this is life, right? It's the fucking, um, God, what is the story of, like, the people living in the cave, right? And all they see is the shadows. Yeah, that's like, like an old life. Greek, like, Aristotle or Plato thing, right? Plato's allegory of the cave. Text-to-speech makes it sound like it says gave. He he he. Gay gave. What I want to know, though, and I think this is kind of what Brian was getting at, too, is, like, what was the reaction to the, like, five layers of fake-out on this? <laughs> because I know I was kind of resistant to it the first time I watched it, and I'm even kind of resistant to it this time watching it. Like, it feels kind of like... All right, we know there's going to be something. Why are you doing the key thing? Why are you doing this and that? Um, I don't know. There's not really much mention of it. I don't think it really got to people much. Because, I mean, well, it, these episodes are very well reviewed, it, too. It, it, it's it's like also it's the... fairly quick, you know, especially when you're just reading yeah. it. Like it like it go it, like there's a couple fake outs, but it's like not that. They don't spend too much time on it. But that kind of feels, makes it feel more cheap, too. <laughs> that they're like, oh, fake out. Ah, just kidding. Fake out. Oh, just kidding. No, I, I think it's because the show is building it well. That it's not a fake out, right? And Hanji explains this. Like, this right, is clearly intention, intentional that there's these layers to protect from anyone actually finding it that's not supposed to find it. Right. She specifically mentions the mp right like if they ever came a knocking you got to make it really not obvious yeah so there's nothing in there they're like oh it's just a standard doctor's laboratory i i kind of thought it, like it just it wasn't what i was expecting at all i i honestly but, thought it was a little bit of a letdown right because like when they're like oh what's in the basement what's in the basement you imagine they're gonna open the basement and it's gonna be like titan bodies on fucking like yeah like some, some crazy shit yeah but it's like it's literally just a regular it looks like a just a study and i thought at first i thought like they're gonna find a doorway behind a fucking bookcase or something like that and it's gonna lead right, to that leads to the actual yeah the actual yeah. thing but it's like it's no and i don't know I don't know how to feel about that. But on the other hand, I do think there's something kind of genius about the like physical representation of this reveal being so tiny, but the ramifications being so massive. Like there's something to that, I think. Um, I could see like it just being from. these three little notebooks. But yeah. like what is contained in those three little notebooks is 
literally the history of the world as we're gonna find out right like it's insane it completely changes the series yes that's the thing it fucking like takes it from all right the premise is we're fighting titans and we're gonna get humanity back from the titans to oh never mind we're doing this whole other thing from this point there's also a really beautiful like animation thing when they first enter the basement and they like turn on the lamp and the light just like spreads from that yeah that was that was really cool the way that they I wanted to that. take note. I didn't know if you guys would find that as cool as I did, so I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> That's an, that was another thing that felt very Ghibli to me. It did. It felt so like organic and natural, like how light would actually fill up a, a dark room. Yeah. I like Mikasa's little moment. This is another very like Chernobyl moment of she sees she like knocks over the glass off the table and then she remembers bringing that glass down to him. I shouldn't say glass because it's wood. It's pretty cut. It's cool. I want that. Goblet. It's also an anime only edition. Um, oh, really? She just finds the hole. She's just like inspecting the desk and finds the hole in the manga. But like in the anime, she has this really cool moment. There is something so funny about the way this keyhole looks though because <laughs> it's just like standard desk and then there's just this little black hole in it and it's just like huh all right weird <laughs> but my notes here are key don't fit classic keyhole in the desk classic empty classic false bottom classic <laughs> i know I, I i was gonna bring up there's another aaron panic moment oh captain it's empty it's a false <laughs> bottom you idiot <laughs> yeah Oh my god. And this is a great example of like the fucking nitty gritty shit the show goes into that it doesn't need to, but I love that it goes the extra mile. Like the fact that he has these three notebooks like packed with this uh, fabric around it and it's like coated in these chemicals so that it won't be affected by mold and moisture and stuff. I was literally going to bring that up. Like it's so clever that they thought of that extra detail. Like they didn't just have the books like in the desk. Like they thought about like, oh, if they were actually in that desk then bugs would probably get to them or they would deteriorate over time right and then also like for all intents and purposes these are like grisha's most prized possessions right so it's like he would be taking care of these like these are like if he were to die these are the only chances that humanity has to like figure out the truth right so it's like yeah protect that shit um we get some erwin flashbacks which yeah it's expecting. a very well-placed erwin flashback to like essentially to erwin's theory right before he's about to be proved right and i feel like this is another one of those moments of a mystery that we didn't really know was the mystery which is like why did erwin ask the question and like we kind of see like the genesis of all of this was a textbook lacking a single word and that is what kind of kicked Erwin's whole story arc into motion. Like he sees in the text, like the textbooks they read in class, their history books, it says humanity was wiped out. And he's like, textbooks are supposed to be objective, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if this were objective, it would say it is believed that humanity was wiped out. And the lack of that word believed is what made him suspect that we don't know that humanity is wiped out beyond the walls, right? And they could be intentionally trying to hide that from us, right? It's a mystery we didn't know it was a mystery. Like, if if that part wasn't there, it probably wouldn't matter too much. But it squares the circle that we didn't know that we wanted squared, right? It really concludes Erwin as a character. Yeah, the Genesis moment, right? I love it. And then we cut to... Like, th- this is a weird time jump thing, too, right? Yeah. Where now we're in the future, and they're like, oh, they're back. They did it. They saved the world. And we get this awesome shot of the crew standing on top of the wall with, like, this light basking on them. And everyone in town is celebrating. Flagel is 
going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I love how Flegel is just in the forefront with his gut sticking out. Just woo! Hell yeah. <laughs> and then you see like Aaron holding the books. And then it goes back to them in the basement, like actually reading through it. Yeah, and they open it up. And on the first page, there is a photograph, which I feel like this show is so weird with technology that I didn't know if a photograph was a weird thing at this point. But they pretty quickly have some dialogue that makes it clear that photographs are not a standard thing. Yeah, like because they don't they don't have like they don't have electronics or electricity in general. Right. There aren't like light bulbs. No, because remember when they like when they excavated like the crystal cave, they're like, now we have lights that aren't torches. Yeah. At first, I thought like before before I watched the next episode, I was just like, wait, Grisha invented the camera. (laughs) That was that's the secret. (laughs) That's his character. He's one of the Lumiere brothers. Because because he he goes on to describe he was just like. This isn't a drawing. This is light that got printed onto a piece of paper. And I'm just like, he invented the camera? (laughs) What? You missed the most important part of that line, which is pretty cool, huh? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, look at this shit. Looks nice, doesn't it? (laughs) No, but this fucking, because he like had written on the back of it, right? Because the whole idea of these notebooks is someone's going to fucking open them and figure out the secrets. Hopefully Aaron. And so, like, everything in here is described as the idea. And so he has written on the back that this is a photograph. There is so much packed into this little line here that he has written on the back of this photograph. He says, this is the standard where I'm from, which is like, what do you mean where you're from? And he says, beyond the walls, humans live in comfortable confinement? What the fuck? First of all, humans live in comfortable confinement, which suggests... Like, there is humanity, right, beyond the walls. Yeah. And what the fuck does comfortable confinement mean? Like, there's just so much going on here. Yeah, so in the manga, the line he ends on is, humanity has not perished beyond the walls. Whoa. That's sick. And then, one last thing to note is, uh, you know, this is the picture of Grisha with a family, and we don't know this woman or this child that he's with. I know it's even kind of hard to recognize Grisha without his like stubble and his glasses. Grisha gets around. Yeah. Uh, like he looks much younger. Yeah. And then we get credits. And then we get an after the credits. Brian, do you have anything uh, uh, to say about this after the credits? Because it is pretty out of left field. It's really, it's really dense. Right. It's a big one. The fact that I saw it. The fact that there's a fucking, okay, we see a Zeppelin, right? That's what I was going to bring yes. up. So this was the panel that really, the first time I read this, I was like, oh no, this is what we're doing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. we, we've been bamboozled this entire series. <laughs> <laughs> we've been made. We've been had. It was it was weird. This is how this fucking show, because I, I was weirded out seeing a Zeppelin. No, it is insane how fucking explosive that shot of the Zeppelin is. Yeah, because it's like it like literally it changes. changes the game. It fucking like changes how you see the show, and it's just right. a fucking <laughs> yeah. Zeppelin. Not only is this a thing that apparently exists, but it has like all these connotations of like maybe like the people in the walls, like time has kind of stood still a bit for them, but wherever this outside the wall is, like. Time has been moving significantly quickly to the point where they have fucking zeppelins, right? Like it shows like that they crazy. have they have electricity, they have flying yeah. fucking vehicles. God, yeah. it feels so like primitive, but also futuristic at the same time. And we have B 
baby Grisha, little baby boy Grisha, who I have to point out is voiced by the same guy who does the main character in My Hero Academia in that dub. And he's good. He's killing it as little baby Grisha here. And I, I love to love to hear him. Um, some weird fucking shit. They've got these armbands on, right? Yeah, she's him and his, his little sister. His mom's like, don't go out with your out your armbands. And there's like these walls that they're not allowed to go past. Like his mom's like, don't leave the walls. And we get this little voiceover narration of Grisha going on that fateful day. Like I was made to face the truth of humanity. And fuck yeah. After the credits. Can't beat it. And now we move on to an episode that we've already kind of had before titled That Day. I love this shit. This shit's tight. (laughs) Yeah. So way back when we started this podcast in September, Brian. I brought up the fact that episode two and episode 57 share the same title of that day where episode two, they do that day for Aaron being when Carla got eaten and he swears that he's going to eliminate all the Titans. Oh my God. So they're making this connection between Aaron and Grisha, this kind of foundation Uh, of who they are and what is their motivation in life. He likes it. I can see that he (laughs) likes it. It's so fucking good, right? And like I I've been bringing this up throughout the podcast too because we also get shit like this for almost every character, right? Every character has a that day. And it's even like that wording is even used, like it's used with Levi's flashback. Um and it's just kind of this thing that's being ingrained in us. And this is again like coming full circle and we're figuring out who Grisha is, like what yes. is the thing that made him, right? And in the last episode we had what is the thing that made Erwin? Like what's the thing that kicked him off? Like everyone has these that day and this is the that day that's gonna like start explaining shit to us and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, Ken- Kenny's line really is like the entire premise of the series, right? Where he's like mm-hmm. everyone's drunk on something and then watching the show is just figuring out what that is for everyone yeah that's why i love the kenny shit so much because it's like the thesis statement another thing we see right at the beginning of this episode is a fucking car and i wrote like (laughs) car in all caps with like 20 exclamation points and question marks because again like just like the zeppelin like i feel like the zeppelin blew my mind and then i saw a car and i was like oh a fucking god damn it (laughs) so we see this car these people's clothes the building, like the architecture that we're seeing in whatever this fucking place is, it's like all this like modern, like European style. Yeah, like it's very, it screams like 1930s, you know. In 1930s, not like even 1930s, like fantasy. Like this isn't like an Avatar The Last Airbender situation, right? Where it's like, this is like, what if a, a different world got to this point in technology? It's like, this is very similar to like real life. Yeah. Um, which is so weird for this show. It's like at any moment I expected someone to pull out like a phone and start talking on it. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> we see these people who are screaming things at like Grisha and his sister, like calling them devil bloods and being like, ah, Eldians are running around as they please. Yeah. So there's like this intense racism going on. Yeah. Uh, I ex- it, you, you probably have questions at this point, Brian. So feel free to jump in. I, because I, I was like, I was kind of confused this whole episode on... Which is very much the intention. You're hit with a lot of stuff very quickly. Yeah, because especially the part where they start explaining, like, the story about, like... It, it like, flew at me so fast that I couldn't, so like, the process founder, it. the founder Ymir they were talking about. Yeah, is that what you're she talking made about? A... Like, how the Titan powers came yeah. to be? Is that what you're... 
I don't know if he knows. Are you alive? <laughs> no, I'm not alive. Is that what you're talking about, though? Like, where Grisha's dad is explaining to him the history of the Titans? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Because that part fucking flies by. So I, like, pretty much wrote that down verbatim, like, what he says, just so we could unpack it a little bit. Okay. Because I was I was confused on, on that whole part, and then it led to just me being confused for the rest of it, and I didn't understand why, at the end, they were, like, making people into Titans, and, yeah, it led to a whole bout of confusion. I mean, that's okay, because I... I feel like this episode, what's so cool about it is it gives you these broad strokes, right, of, like, character development and world building um, while also hitting you with, like, these little quick, intense bullets of knowledge. And it's supposed to catch you off guard, and these things, like, will be fleshed out more, like, in a slower pace going forward. Um, okay. So... Don't don't feel like you have to have gotten every little piece of information. That okay, this that's what I was worried you. about. I was like, am I gonna have to go back and rewatch this episode? Am I gonna be quizzed on this? <laughs> Are we gonna be quizzed? Um, yeah, but we okay. So like one of the things that we get is a name drop. Um, apparently, this like so Grisha's like living in this walled in place. There's all this talk of walls uh wherever he is and we find out it's called the liberio internment zone which is a very intense name um yeah and grisha and his sister like run out from the walls right when they're not supposed to be like there's people yelling at them to stop like his mom says don't leave the walls and they leave the walls um i love this parallel between you know like the walls where the fucking main characters are and these walls in this place that we don't know where it is because it is kind of like this touchstone that we can hold on to, right? Like, okay, walls. I get walls. <laughs> I can understand walls and don't leave the walls. That makes sense to me. Is it um, like, so these are these are a different, this is like a different set of walls away from the main city that we've been in for the whole show? Yeah. Right, and I love this okay. because that fucking got me at the beginning, right? When it's just like a shot of Grisha and the mom's like, don't leave the walls, honey. I'm like, oh, weird. I thought Grisha was from outside the walls. Are we back in the walls? Like, so much wall shit. <laughs> but yeah, these are different walls. New walls. <laughs> Him and his sister leave the walls, which they're not supposed to do, to go watch the airships land because Grisha's little sister is like, man, I wonder what those things see, right? Like, they're able to fly anywhere, go right. anywhere. And she's like, when um, I'm and rich and famous or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, Grisha's, and Grisha's like, like, no, you won't ever be rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just fucking crushes her soul right then and there. Yeah, no, but what's what makes them leave is he sees that even saying that doesn't crush her soul, right? Like it's kind of the same idea of what's going on with like why Armin got the shot from Levi in the end. Like he sees this hope in her, right? That there's more out there and that the world is like this big broad place. He's like, fuck it, we're gonna go leave. We're gonna go watch these airships land, and they get there, they see it. It's admittedly beautiful, but they run into these two guards who are like, uh, hey, you're also here to see the thing? I see you got armbands. Show us your permits. Uh, they don't have permits. So then Grisha gets his fucking ass spanked. Yeah, there's like this weird casualness of, hey, all right, what's it going to be? A beat, a quick beating or hard labor? And Grisha chooses the beating so his parents don't have to like deal with any bullshit later on. And yeah, he takes the beating from like this tall, lanky guard while this little squat fat guard brings, allegedly brings Grisha's sister back to the Liberio internment zone. Yeah, and then they, they have like this moment, right, where Grisha and this guard are just kind of chilling. Yeah, the guard's like, 
yo, you came and watched the blimp. Might as well just watch it, right? And we get another, like, again, this is a line that's just thrown out there so quickly, but it's, like, so fucking bizarre, which is kids who don't wear the armband get a one-way trip to paradise. Um, so he's like, it's good you at least didn't toss the armbands off, because if you were caught with them off, you would get sent to paradise. Which, that sounds pretty good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What's that, Jamaica? Vacation. But is it? Is it good, though? Well, no. we, see, we see it at the end. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Grisha's sister gets torn to shreds. Pretty fucking brutal. Like, her body is found by a bunch of guards down by the river, just completely fucking torn up. Ooh. And this scene between, like, the guards and Grisha's parents is fascinating because Grisha is so, like torn up about this but his parents seem to be like like they're so submissive they're so like you're right he's, they he's got have. aaron's eyes for sure he's got aaron eyes yeah but his parents are just like you're right we made a big mistake we shouldn't have let her get out there right like this is all our fault we'll teach our son better right and they have the guards have this line of have you been teaching them like the true history of your sins and stuff jam fucking packed i feel a little scattered here uh, so if anyone wants to get me on track, hold on, I'll, I'll <laughs> ground great. you right now. There's some titties. Fuck Whoa! yeah, attack on titties. They really oh. that panel is like one to one recreated in the show. <laughs> um, yeah. Now we're at what you were talking about, Brian, which is this moment where the history of the Titans gets explained like really quickly. Yeah, it's so quick, and I I just I was so lost. Oh, on, which I'll also point, point out at this point that this frame we've seen before in the season two ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the devil, oh, devil like giving the, the apple. Oh, okay. I knew it. I knew it. Like looked familiar for some reason, and I couldn't put my finger on why. Okay. And the idea here is that his parents, like Grisha's parents, are kind of drilling this history into him, so he understands the great sins of their past right like why they are in this the eldians are in this internment zone like why they everyone is talking about them being dirty devils why it's everyone's talking about them being these sinners and so like i wrote down some cliff notes of this story here chapter one is emir makes a pact with a devil to turn into titans and we kind of got a little bit of this if you remember like you know with emir emir the actual character from the show and she was, like, worshipped by these people. And the interior police, like, you know, help me out here, Ben. <laughs> yeah, so this is Ymir. Was <laughs> throw, me a, throw me a line. <laughs> Ymir was from some weird city outside the walls. And they're like, this is Ymir, our goddess. She'll give us immortality. And they all worshipped her until these people with the guns showed up. And they're like, oh, I'm going to fucking, you're, you're the fucking devils. We're going to ship you off or whatever. And then we see them all get turned into titans in the same place that Grisha and all of his friends were getting turned into titans. Yeah, do you remember that little flashback, Brian? Hold on, wait. Because we've seen this wall where people get kicked off of before. Wait, Ymir is like the really d like gross boss baby titan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the freckles okay yeah yeah okay yeah i remember her like vaguely yeah and so they thought like they're like you are ymir right and ymir is this we're now learning is this like historical figure that made a pact with the devil and that's how humans got the power of the titans specifically eldians got the power of the titans what um, are okay wait and, what are 
what are Eldians? Yeah, so Eldians are subjects of Ymir, right? Descend- descendants of Ymir who can turn into Titans. So only Eldians can turn into Titans. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like there was the Eldian kingdom and they were all the subjects of Ymir, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so there so, was like, wait, there was so like that the, means... the nation of Marley and then they said there was Eldian, the Eldian Empire used the power of Titans to crush Marley. Okay. And it's like very specifically, like it's like this war crime imagery in storytelling, right? They're like, the Eldians use their Titan powers to fucking like rape and pillage all of Marley and take control and it was terrible and they were very destructive. So that means that Aaron, like Aaron is an Eldian? Is that what that means? Yes, yes so okay. everyone on the, the island is Titan. allegedly Eldians. Okay. Because it's like there's nine titans, right? There's these nine, like, big boy, super badass, super power titans. And the way that Marley eventually was able to come back into power is by bringing seven of those nine titans under their control. And they use them uh, in this, quote unquote, great titan war to take it back from those dirty devils. And so after this, the king of Eldia which I think later we learn it, like a specific number, like it's the 144th king of Eldia or something like that, escaped to this island, uh, which is called Paradise, to protect his Eldian people, and he erected these walls to keep them safe. The, the Eldians that are still in Marley are just like the people that were left behind, the Eldians that were left behind. Okay. Is it making a bit more sense? I'm, I'm getting it a little bit more, yeah. And then it becomes this whole propaganda thing where his dad's like, we blessed Eldians are under the generosity of Marley because Marley allows us to live here in peace and modest lives. And where this becomes so interesting and we'll see later is it's just like we kind of don't know if this is the true story or not because we get like these conflicting stories from these different groups of people so it's okay if it's confusing because it's still confusing to me and i'm halfway through season four (laughs) um but yeah this idea of a titan war is cool i like the idea of big guys fighting i like big guys fucking that is fun like godzilla versus kong Ooh. Good and I feel parallel. like we've gotten a good parallel. I feel like we've gotten some imagery of this in the past too. Like I remember this imagery of like medieval soldiers fighting Titans, right? I wonder if that's from this. Whatever. Moving yeah, on. Titan War is, is cool. Wish I was there to see it. <laughs> uh, Wish you were there to see it. Yeah. Gracious dad is like, we didn't do anything, but we're devils nonetheless. Which, it's interesting to point out at this point that Throughout the show, we have heard this reference of a hundred years before, right? They said a hundred years ago, Titans wiped out humanity and the walls were built, right? And they've talked about this history. And another thing we've heard a couple times throughout the show is this use of the word devils. But up till this point, it's not really, we're like, we're not really sure why, but it's like we pretty, like a couple times, Reiner or Bertholdt or Annie will drop devils, the word devils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit's just there all the way back to season one pretty fucking cool which i didn't Um, catch we find out there's this group of like underground resistance fighters uh in the liberian tournament zone like these eldians that call themselves patriots and restorationists they have an informant in the military called the owl which is a awesome fucking nickname (laughs) good animal choice there (laughs) 
Uh, and yeah, we find out that these restorationists, like they have this alternate history where it's like the Eldians weren't like raping and pillaging and destroying the world. They were using their Titan powers to build bridges and roadways and like do all this cool shit. But again, there's like this shaky moment of these people are kind of a little bit culty because the, like Grisha's like, look, brothers, I found the true history. And he like pulls out this textbook and, he, and the guy's like, how can you get all this? Like, how did you learn this language? And Grisha's like, oh, I can't fucking read it. I just looked at the pictures. Yeah, I love what, I love what Grisha's like, no, I can't read it. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. And then he goes into this whole like, but I know it's true because I believe in the power of Eldia. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And I fucking love that about this, that the show almost isn't really picking a side here. Like, it's like, yeah, like there isn't like what, where does the true history lie? Because there are these two completely different stories and neither of them seem to be fully true and neither of them seem to be fully false. Like what actually fucking happened? Dinah Fritz shows up. Royal babe. Is it weird that I thought I thought for like a half a second that uh, Dino was Armin. No, she looks almost <laughs> identical to Armin, especially when she blushes. It looks almost identical to the scene of Armin blushing. It's in the hair. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that has blonde hair in this show just looks the exact same. <laughs> it's worse in the manga. So we find out she's the only remaining royalty uh, where they are which is called Marley. She has this information about how like the founding Titan is still in the walls. And if they can get the founding Titans, they can rescue Eldia from their bullshit. <laughs> like, again, just so much information being lobbed at us. So there, there is the one thing we can latch on to. We've already kind of established this idea of royalty and royal blood um, with yeah. Historia. So there is a right. bit of grounding there and being like, okay, now we can start to connect the dots of why Historio is relevant, more so than we already knew. And these restorations, they even ask like, well, what the fuck? If they have that power in the walls, why aren't they using it to help us? Um, and of course, we know because of all the Rod Rice stuff that whenever one of them inherits the Titan, there is this thing that happens inside of them, this like denouncement of war where they can't use the powers to do shit right and now we're, we're starting to get more names for things that we kind of didn't know before like we've heard aaron's kind of power being called the coordinate and now we have this new name for it the founding titan and they kind of spell out to the whole like when the king escaped and built up the walls he renounced war yep which we've seen that before in the, like you said, the Rod Rice stuff. And they talk about that. We find out that that king threatened to, if anyone came and attacked the island, he would release the wall titans and destroy the world with them, which is a pretty compelling reason as to why no one has gone and tried to fuck their shit up yet. And yeah, Grisha and Dinah have a fuck and they have a baby. Have a fuck. They have a fuck. They have a fuck and then they birth a fuck. <laughs> Now, Brian, did you did you have a like um, a visceral reaction to when he named the baby? Because I know I did a little bit a, like it freaked me out a little bit. Honestly, I wrote in all caps Zeke. I wrote, <laughs> oh, and then I wrote wow. <laughs> My notes for this part, which are completely incoherent, except to me, it just goes patriotism time. Waifu time. Oh no, Zook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zeke is Grisha's son. Zeke is 
Aaron's half brother Zeke is the royal son of Dinah Fritz. Like, I hate it. I fucking fuck, hate it. dude. I mean, it explains why he looks so much like Grisha, though, huh? Yeah, that yeah, that is true. Because I thought that they were the same person the whole time. You did, yeah. In fact, think that they were the same person. You held on to uh, that to the very end. I did until uh, until so. until he said, "I'm gonna name you Zeke," and then I was like, "Well, shit." <laughs> and yeah, this so this shit's wild. So there's like Marley and Army is planning on moving on Paradise, right? Because apparently there's all these resources under Paradise um, that the world is wants to fight for, and. The restorationists are like, well, shit, we got to get in there and steal this founding titan before they can. Um, and so all the fucking pieces start coming together of like Marley is starting to like recruit these Eldian soldiers to become warriors, to take the titan powers, to infiltrate the walls because they can't do an all out attack because the king uh, will trample the world with his titans if they do that. And so they want Zeke to become one of these uh these candidates to become one of the titans so he can infiltrate the walls and get the founding titan like i saw that everything's coming into place he plays monkey. <laughs> he's got monkey that's the beast and, titan yeah that doll is the beast titan that doll that doll that's where he gets the inspiration for the beast titan <laughs> <laughs> fuck hey sully uh, uh, what uh why'd your camera turn off you know i have no idea <laughs> Turn camera on. There we go. go. Um, Marley, I wrote that Marley is America looking for fossil fuels. That's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) If there's no war in the world, we'll create a war (laughs) over oil. This next part is something I latched on to and like could not stop thinking about. Honestly, till season, till like the point we're at in season four, this idea that, you know, Grisha... Grisha's parents tried to brainwash him into thinking that all Eldians were dirty, bad sinners, right? Um, and that kind of led Grisha to become this revolutionary, right? And then similarly, because Zeke tried to, or because Grisha tried to brainwash Zeke into believing his values, like he forced them on him, Zeke turned on him, right? Like it's just like this idea of this never ending cycle, this like, idea that if you force your ideas on the next generation, the next generation is going to inevitably turn on you. Like no matter what your ideals are, it's, I I don't know. There's something fucking fascinating about this. He raised a snitch. He raised a snitch. (laughs) Zeke is a little rat and he turns their asses in. (laughs) But yeah, fucking Zeke is an interesting character, dude. This stuff goes by fast too. He's like, yep, we had a baby. We forced our ideas on the baby. The baby turned against us, and now we're on fucking paradise, about to get hucked off a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> Real record scratch moment. Record scratch sound effect. <laughs> yeah, this whole sequence is wild, though. So Grisha's on the walls, like hands tied behind his back. We see that he got his fingers cut off, like getting tortured to. He's naked. Ew. He's nude. Wait, you can see his pee-pee. You cannot. Hell yeah. <laughs> y- Isayama's a freak. Damn. The Marleyan police, right, tried to figure out who this informant was, me? the owl, and Grisha wouldn't tell them, so he got his fingers cut off, because um, he doesn't know, first of all. He's up on this wall that we've seen before with the same guards that uh, beat him and killed his sister. They are here about to throw him off, um, and 
we see Grice, who is the guy that recruited Grisha. I didn't pick this up on my previous rewatches. Mm-hmm. But he's like, fuck, I can't believe we put our trust in you. Your son turned us in. Like, this is so fucked up. And this is a big moment, I think. They, like, they just kick this guy off the wall without transforming him into a titan. And they're like, head north. Maybe there's a chance you'll make it to the walls. Um, Sergeant Major Gross is his name. Gross. That's the guy with with the mustache. The Wario fuck. Mm, Gross. He is gross. He looks like Joseph Stalin. Yeah, a big fat Joseph Stalin. They have this guy just run to the north. So all the Titans will follow him to the north. And as we know, the Titans always come from the south. Like all this shit is just falling into place. Yeah, I like that idea. Like it's a gross idea, but how they get them to head towards the wall. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think that's, that's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good world building. And yeah, they just inject all these restorationists, kick them off the walls. They're titans now. They start running towards the walls. And Brian, did you recognize some of these titans and some of these people? I know I recognized the last titan, but I it, w- it happened a little too fast for me to recognize the other ones. Give but me I, a second. I kind of knew in the back of my I like kind of knew in the back of my head that we'd probably seen these Titans before. Now, this is something I picked up on, and I'm sure Ben is Googling images of this right now. But throughout all of these scenes of the Restorationists, you see Titans we've seen before in these people's faces. All of them? Maybe not all of them, but there are a couple key ones that we have seen in season one, season two, season three, just in random places. And I I am surprised that I picked this up when I first watched it. Like, I saw these people in, like, the restorationist scenes, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, I understand Ah, what's happening now. This took me a while to find. But I'm sending an image right now, Brian. (gasps) Image? To cook time. Oh, no. It says that the image is too big. No! Hold on. I'm going to give me a second. We got to do a little bit of technical difficulties. Chris, play the technical difficulties theme song. Do we have a technical difficulties theme song? <laughs> Just put in like the fucking uh like broad like the dial-up internet. Okay, I sent the picture, Brian. Oh shit. Yeah, take a look at this shit. So we see like for example the one that stood out to me was the Santa Titan, the old guy with the beard, the one that eats Aaron. The one that the one that clued me off to what was happening was the the second one there. Like the one with the big eyes and the bangs. I fucking, I knew that dude. I knew the fucking Santa Claus guy looked familiar. Yeah. (laughs) The Santa Claus guy is the big one. I don't know why, but the the one with the big eyes and the bangs has always stood out to me (laughs) as a, like, Titan I just remember. So when I saw that dude, like, in the group of restorationists, that was when the puzzle pieces started coming together for me. Isn't that crazy, though, Brian? (laughs) This fucking show, man. I know. It's all fucking there from the beginning. It all comes full circle. Full that's season one shit. That's crazy. Like Oh! Ah! It's also I like the moment when they pull out the serum and you're like, oh no, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> I know what injection means. They bring in Dinah, and we kind of find out that Grisha gave up a lot of secrets to keep Dinah alive. Um, and they still brought her here anyway and turned her into a Titan and kicked her off the wall. And oh my fucking God, she's a smiley Titan. I love her line that no matter what I become, I'll find you. And then she comes, yeah. goes and eats Grisha's new wife. Yeah. 
I don't even know what the word I'm looking for here. The context this adds to everything that's happened with the Smiley Titan. Like, this is Aaron's, like, it's not his mom, but it's, like, kind of his half-mom. Like, it's his dad's old lover. Like, it's, there's a lot going on here. Like, as soon as I saw her, I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) When your husband finds a new wife. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's all a dream. Aaron wakes up and it's all a dream. (laughs) Did this part get you, Brian? But was it? (laughs) But was it? Did this part get you though? Because this part kind of got me. I almost got mad for a second here. I, when I okay, first yeah, a it. little bit. As soon as I saw Aaron wake up, I was just like, "What?" Yeah. Did you like Mikasa's bedhead? I did. I like that they included her bedhead, and she didn't have like perfect hair yeah, as soon as lovely. she woke up. She got, <laughs> and like, Armin's that just like, cowlick. "Aaron's like, where the fuck am I?" And Armin's like, "Yeah, you're serving your time, buddy." <laughs> Being a criminal is hard. More specifically, when Aaron wakes up, he says, who am I? Who am I? Where oh, am yeah, I? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, his dream, he's like reliving the memories of his dad. Like, this isn't just shit they learned from the notebooks. Like, this is, now we know shit that Aaron is reliving through his dreams, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, i just like to point out, Armin was also having weird Bertholdt dreams after he ate Bertholdt, so... Um, yeah. And also, I feel like Aaron having weird dreams is something we've, that's happened before. It is. Right? I like mean, this, this, this is what happened when Rod Rice and Historia touched Aaron, right? Like, that's when he yeah. saw his dad go into the Crystal Cave, kill the royal family, take the, the fa- what we now know is the founding Titan. Which is weird, because now is there like, is there like a psychological link going on here? Well, I mean, we kind of have a, like an idea of that with this idea of the coordinate, right? Like, Aaron is the coordinate. Like, he has control over the Titans at certain right. points. So yeah. there is some sort of link going on. Um, but, yeah, it's fascinating shit, isn't it, Brian? Okay, so we go back onto the wall, right? Dinah has been thrown over. Like father, like son. <laughs> that is a great transition. They do it so well in the show, too. Like, the face morph transition. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I love Gross laughing. And he's like, look at her. She's already off after a new man. Yeah. <laughs> Gross, right, starts... He takes one of the last Eldians from, like, the younger guards, and he's like, all right, you guys can go. I'll take care of this last one. And the guards are like, yeah, he's about to play his sick little games. Don't ask. Um, uh, did we mention the fact that when uh, Grisha tried to say that Dinah's royal blood... The owl oh, tackles yeah. him and silences him. Yeah, that shit's tight. And he's like, wait, what's going on? Is he trying to help me? Yeah, okay. So Gross's plan here is he's going to transform this last person into a three to four meter Titan and then have Grisha fist fight him, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. It's sick, but it's pretty funny. Um, but here is the interesting thing that... I found about that scene, which is they have control over what kind of titans they can turn people into. I think that's an interesting. What does little that tidbit. mean? Because like I thought, right, when you turn into a titan, it's just like a titanized version of yourself. Because so right, far, like all the people that we see turn into titans, they look somewhat like what they do, like as a as a human. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Except it feels for maybe like Zeke. it's. 
We've brought up this like X gene type thing where it's just like everyone's Titan is just like innately within them. But this is kind of giving the idea that maybe they have a bit more control over how they turn people into Titans. Right. He has a lot of insane lines here, this gross guy, oh, where yeah. he's like, I don't get pleasure in doing this. I just find it interesting. <laughs> and he's like, people enjoy cruelty. And he has this whole thing of like, I fuck with death, so when my time comes, I won't be scared of it. Which is ironic, and because that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think his line's very interesting, where he's like, the way it's phrased, where he's like, "There's peace is nice and all, but there's something so interesting about cruelty. Yeah, he's like, some people just like it. And he says it's about education, which is an insane line. And then he's like, it's a shame you had to be born Eldian. Um, but we'd all just feel safer with you all dead. He says you aren't really human. And this wild, like the last thing he says, which is if if we weren't killing you, you would be killing us. Um, so why don't you feel bad, right? <laughs> like he's like, feel bad about the thing you're not doing, but you would be doing if the tables were turned. I know it, it, it is interesting. And, you know, he's an awful person. But at the same time, he's also not wrong like right that's the restoration's whole plan is overthrow marley mm -hmm. yeah and uh yeah kruger gets his ass this fucking i love this tall moment. lanky guard just it's incredible like the way the tension builds up and then just poof pushes him right off i also love how um, grisha's like i know the true history i know what and then the gross is like yeah yeah i don't care yeah <laughs> Fucking, this guy pu pushes Gross off the wall, and he literally says, I'm the owl, Grisha. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And then he's like, remember this. This is how we trans us badasses transform into superheroes. And he cuts his hand, uh, fucking turns into the attack titan, takes some shit down. He breaks a boat yeah. on his back. It's epic. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. Brian, what the hell do you think? <laughs> the hell do i think he's feeling it he's basking right now is is, he's leaned back in his chair is gross your new favorite attack on Titan character oh absolutely joseph stalin <laughs> he's my new favorite honestly that mustache can't get enough of it i don't see the thing is that i don't know how to feel about episode 19 because like the basement was not what i expected at all but i don't know i don't know if that's a good thing or not right yeah, I agree. I think, like, the point I made of it being, like, a small thing that turns into a big thing is going to get fleshed out a bit more going forward. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying of, like, the basement just being these three notebooks is a little bit disappointing. It's underwhelming. At its face value. Yeah, it's underwhelming. Like, because the whole time, especially when Aaron was, like, like outside the door with the fucking key, and then Levi comes in and kicks the shit down, and then it's <laughs> yeah, like my awesome heart was pounding that. that whole time. Yes. Yeah. I remember being, like, literal edge of my seat for that yeah. part. <laughs> and then they get down to it, and it's just a regular study, and I was expecting there to be more than that. But does... That day not kind of make up for that a bit for you? That day kind of, it it does because it it makes things come full circle a little bit cuz we see all the titans that we've seen before and where they came from 
who they are, especially um, Mm -hmm. the smiley Titan. Yeah, this is like really the first time in this series that we're not just getting bits and pieces as we go along. Like this is truly the first time we're getting sat down and being like, this is what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild. And like, in all honesty, I think I would give the basement a rose. I think I'm going to take the basement down a peg. Like, it's still a great episode. I think it's the perfect episode for like where it is in the series. You know, like what it does and how it does it is good. But that day is another one of those perfect episodes for me. Like, that's a Sheena. Like, that's this fucking miracle run of perfect game, Midnight Sun, all these episodes. Um, And it's because of what you're saying, Ben, which is just like, this is 25 minutes of answers, right? (laughs) Like just straightforward, condensed answers. And that is wild. For me, I think I would give, I want to give both of these episodes a rose. Ooh, hot take. (laughs) That's a hot take. (laughs) Just because like, just because episode 19, I was, like I said, I was underwhelmed by the basement reveal but it was it was better than than like a normal episode. Like both of these episodes, I thought they were they're way better than like just a typical trust episode. But I think I'm also comparing them to the two episodes that we saw before this, right? Which are which perfect. were like beyond fucking Sheena. So yeah, I would just just by that merit, I would give them both a rose because they still they still obviously they add to the story a shit ton, but. They didn't have to me. They didn't have those perfect. I mean, okay, I get what you're saying because like the the two episodes before are like like we talked about this in those episodes. Those are the climax, right? Yeah, and it's kind of just like this perfect like yin yang balance of here is the action climax, here is the emotional climax, and they're going to like counterweight each other perfectly. Exactly. Whereas now we're moving into epilogue territory, right? Like this is mm-hmm. our falling action. Um, so it's not it's not like as like, it, I feel like it has the same amount of energy, but it's a different kind of fuel, you yeah. know? And so I can understand why maybe you wouldn't be feeling it as much, but I do think it's insane that you're not giving that day a Sheena. Ben, what are your I thoughts? I would also go Rose Sheena. Um, Rose for the first one, because to me, it's this perfect spacing. Like, we just did six episodes of taking down the antagonist, having our heroes narrowly become triumphant and it's just like this calm perfectly paced episode at the time to be like okay now this is the thing we've been building the entire series we are going to build the tension and it builds the tension right to the very end where it's like here's a photograph and then holy shit here's a zeppelin (laughs) it really kicks kicks you in the balls and slaps your titties you know i i do love that it's like you think a photograph is wild (laughs) how about Aerospace technology. <laughs> and then to me also that day is just honestly like taking the episode by itself might not be quite a Sheena, but it's just so well deserved as a Sheena when you consider the whole series leading up to this point. I agree. Yeah. Like if this if this had been the standard for the show up to this point, like if we understood this world of Marley and like this Liberio internment zone, like on its face, this episode is probably more like a trust or a rose, but it is the ramifications and like the context it gives you for the overall series. that just like, it's fucking mind blowing 10 out of 10. Give it a Sheena. We are going to conclude season three in the next two episodes, Brian. 
Oh fuck. Oh, what, what are what are your thoughts coming up? Oh good god. Oh. I mean, it's Fuck interesting, me. right? Because we we've had our we've had our climax, so it's like, what it's like the I fuck don't I don't know where happen, it's gonna right? go. What the fuck? Um, because like I don't I don't have any predictions now. Well, okay, let basement. me let me guide you a little bit here because we are now starting to get these ideas of you know there's a world outside the walls that absolutely hates the people inside the walls. There's like all of this militaristic stuff coming into play now. Um. There's the Restorationists, there's the Marley Army, there's the Survey Corps, right? Like, there's all these things. Well, what's left of the Survey Corps? What's mm-hmm. left of the Survey Corps, right? Um, so I feel like a better question than what do you think is going to happen towards the end of Season 3 would be, like, where do you think this big picture could be moving into Season 4 now that you have a bit more context of the world that this is all taking place in? Which Season 4 is titled The Final Season. You put that in air quotes, the final season. <laughs> well, because we just finished season four, part one, with part two. Also, com- Ben's oh, been okay. bullying me constantly for the last <laughs> we- <laughs> three months. Chris and I did it once for one week, and somehow you turned it into your mind that it's been the whole time. <laughs> oh, no, okay, don't do that, because you bullied me about other things before. Oh, yeah, we did do that. <laughs> in general, I've been bullied yeah, did, for the we, last we three months. We did bully him in general. I helped. Smiley face. <laughs> Um, I gotta think. You think. Well, you think I'll read my emails. Wow, I'll, che- I'll, ch- I'll, I'll check if the new chapter's out. Update's still not out. Because <laughs> that all of that day, it was um, it was just one flashback. Yes. For the most part. We got a little glimpse of Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin in the cell, but that's it. And we haven't seen this city that was in that day. We haven't seen that city at all throughout the whole um show not as far as we know because i'm i'm predicting that this city i don't i honestly i think it'll be just like another like barren wasteland well like it's gone yeah (laughs) like like it it like shigansha well because it's like it got like overtaken right because there has been like this is all flashback shit so there's like what a solid fucking like 15 20 years between yeah. what we're seeing I honestly in that city think it now just, and yeah I, d- I don't think that this city is gonna be like it was in that day do you think like do you think it's because of Titans because there's also a lot of talk of like war over resources and shit like that I don't know if it's because of Titans or not I'm gonna I'm gonna say for now that that like Titans at one point like took over this city that was outside the walls. And they're trying to like find it, but um, they're gonna end up finding it, and it's in like ruins. Interesting, good take. Here's another thought that that kind of just reminded me of that we didn't talk about yet, which is just like the brutality of um, the Titans that they have been fighting this entire time, being good guy restoration, like quote unquote good guy restorationists that were fighting for you know the same side as them, right? Like, all these titans that they have killed and have been killing them up to this point have been Eldians that the people in Marley have taken from this Liberio internment zone and just decided that they hated, so they were going to turn them into titans and throw them like cannon fodder at the they got, like, they, they got sent to paradise, as they say. Didn't I say at one point that I thought that all the titans that they were killing were, like, just at one point regular people? 
We've Didn't kind of been shown that in the show, yeah. And you said okay, that yeah. because they kind of pieced that together at the end of um, season two, right? Yeah, because okay. um, that's when Levi's like, I've been killing humans this entire time. And then he's like, Erwin, why the fuck are you smiling about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, Should we move on to spoilers? Brian, you have anything else? No, I don't think so. I think I'm all good. Right on. We'll see you next week for the season finale then. Oh, God. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) I don't have much for spoilers. Um, There is one thing I did notice, though, which is you can see Savior in the shot of Zeke ratting out his parents. Are we we not going to introduce the section we're in? Oh, yeah, Chris. Hey, put this part in uh, before I just said that. Hey, we are going into the spoiler section. Uh, So if you have not watched past this point in the series, uh, get the fuck out of here. But not before I tell you to leave us a comment, leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Go to our social medias at Tea Time with Titans on Twitter or on Instagram and at Tea Time Titans on Instagram. Fuck me. Chris, re-record that and put in the right things. <laughs> Do it good. Uh, tea Time Titans on Instagram. Fuck, I did it too. Fuck. I was caught off guard. I don't know why I completely forgot this was a thing I had to do. Oh, if you uh, have... No? Okay, yeah. Get out of here. Bye. Good enough. Did I do good? Yeah, that's fine. But yeah. That's probably my best one yet. Like you said, Xavier is very clearly next to... Um, Zeke when he turns in his family yeah I love that I was honestly keeping an eye out for him in these episodes to see if we got mm-hmm. him and yeah we got a little shot of him that was nice Yeah, uh, I feel like there's something you said in the body of the episode that I wanted to bring up but now I can't remember um, I guess I'll bring up another thing then uh, Grice is Falco and Colt's uncle that's the guy who introduces oh, Grisha to the restorationist and then he gets um you know sent to paradise um and they kind of mentioned this a little bit hinting at like falco and his whole family nearly got sent to paradise i forget like what circumstances kept them safe but do they mention grice in season four too i think so because i feel like i recognize that well name, it's falco grice figure out why grice, right oh duh oh yeah wow okay yeah they look just like i know too, it's huh? like grace is literally just falco's face and an adult body yeah really Okay, wow. Thank you for fucking putting that together for me because I was like, why does Grice mean something to me? <laughs> yeah, Falco Grice. Okay, that makes sense. That's good shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Because, I mean, fuck, we're nearing the shit that we would be talking about in this section. Yeah. We're so I guess, close. I guess the only thing away. now to talk about is how we saw Grisha's perspective of kind of regretting what he did with Zeke. And now we know the full story of Zeke and Zeke hating Grisha and being like, he's an evil, awful man. Aaron, he's corrupting Uh, you. Yeah, it's like it paired very perfectly. Like once again, this rewatch with what we're watching in season four now. Like, yeah, because the, the Zeke flashback episode that we just got is very much like Zeke's perspective. Zeke is in the right. Grisha's a huge dick. But it is kind of this balancing act of Grisha, like, seems to very genuinely regret the shit he did to Zeke. Um, yeah, I like having those things. Like, ha- I like having rewatched this episode right after watching this. It, it, this, this show, this series in general does this very well 
when you see things from different characters perspective you see the things that are important mm-hmm. to them yeah because i you know i forgot how little we get of Zeke's perspective in this flashback. Cause I kind of like conflated it to be a bit more than it actually was, but it really is just Zeke is my kid. We forced shit on Zeke. Zeke betrayed yes, us. Like that's very all quick. we get here. Yeah. Um, you also get the hinting um, at the warrior program, which now we know really know what that means. I think when you first watch it, you don't really piece it together that like, Oh shit. That's really, that's what the word warrior means. That's what's going on. That's what the Marleans are doing with the Eldians. Yeah, I also thought of, I didn't pick this up on my first watch, but it's interesting that the warrior program is kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of this idea that the the like quote unquote warrior titans were maybe on the back burner for a while and now they're being brought back in this program to infiltrate the walls. Yeah, I don't know if it's either hasn't been mentioned yet or if it was just something that didn't quite make into the anime, but there's kind of something mentioned eventually where it's like that's Magoth's like pet project. Like, he really was the one who, like, shaped the warrior program to make them be true fighters and soldiers. That's definitely in there as, like, subtext, if not, you know, on his face. Uh, Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Okay, cool. Me either. I'm starving. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't eaten breakfast yet. It's, like, fucking... What time is it? This is a long episode. For two episodes. An hour 40. Bye. I'm too lazy to record the post roll, so I'm going to let U.S. Joey do it for me. Take it away, Joey. Thank you for listening to Tea Time with Titans. If you liked that, check out our bonus feed, which is Tea Time with Titans Extras. Our Instagram is Tea Time with Titans, and our Twitter is at Tea Time Titans. That's it for now. I can't wait till Brian gets to the robot titan. That'll make him shit so hard. Okay, bye. That's probably my best one yet.